0: Yo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk free bets up to two thousand dollars. I'm Sean Anderson. Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast. I'm your host. You can follow me on Twitter at sean underscore w underscore Anderson. And, and it's an exciting day as we have the crew back together. Yay. back from Nashville. Back from Phoenix. Back from my stay at you know a certain hospital you know it's just been you know it's it's been a, it's been a good time I'm glad we're all back in the same room
1: I'm I'm having trouble getting past this I, I'm it's, not really even sure what's going on over here
0: Vinny I'm not trying to you know ruin the magic here you've seen it for two hours you've been here for two hours you've known I've had the tinfoil hat on yep, you have for two hours
1: duck later on
2: what the hell's going on
0: I uh, you know you 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 called me out for it even though the time hasn't passed the time has now passed let's introduce the the the, the panel first alongside me with today is Vinny Duber you can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber wearing the Tom Petty shirt, uh, which we love to see. And the man in the middle, Herb Lawrence. Hello. At ecknerwall 23 I let you say the hello this time. It's Feeling right there. Good. Uh, yeah, at ecknerwall 23 If there you're you watching, if you're uh,
2: listening, you'll be confused.
0: Yeah, if you're watching, you won't be too confused because you could see the tinfoil hat on my head. If you're listening, uh, it's more of a visual bit. Uh, I'm wearing this because yesterday after the show, I guess even during the show, I signed off by saying Michael Conforto will be a White Sox tomorrow. I didn't know why you did it then. and I still don't know why you did it now. (laughs) Well, because delusion, my friend. Uh, Michael Conforto is not a White Sox yet. Uh, It's 2.07, and I said at 2 p.m. he will be a Chicago White Sox. I tried to call my shot like Babe Ruth, and uh, what what I'm going to say is Thursday's not over.
2: Yeah, but you said the parameters before 2 o'clock. He'll be a White Sox. He's not right now. It's very, very uh, disappointing that I got my hopes up because you
1: said it. Wait, but is there any sort of indication that he might be soon? So I can I will
0: let you into the the conspiracy lab here. So uh, oh boy, I'm is, not maybe, sure I
1: wanted this when I asked that question. Maybe maybe this
0: is a, a good good icebreaker. Is uh, let's see how crazy Sean is. But uh, mm-hmm. this is recent too uh, because we saw Trevor's story sign. Jeff Passen just released a story that. Trevor Story, one of his big hiccups in signing was getting the COVID vaccine, but Boston is where he wanted to play and he ended up getting vaccinated after he signed a 6-year, 140 million dollar deal.
1: The one hiccup of, being that the in order to play in Toronto this year, opponents will need to be fully vaccinated. The Boston Red Sox do a lot of playing in Toronto. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh,
0: Boston is a, Boston and Toronto a very very important matchup in the AL East. Uh so, you know, that is definitely more, you know, important to the Boston Red Sox because they'll play Toronto more, but even the White Sox, they've shown that they are looking for a hundred percent vaccination uh, rate in their organization outside of the players that they can't force to get vaccinated. Like the, the MLB uh, play, the players under the MLBPA, uh, there, they cannot be forced to be vaccinated, but the White Sox, uh, team employees who are not under a union, they have a, a vaccine mandate and they have a hundred percent vaccination from what we hear. Uh, I have old friend Shane Reardon from six, score said he was talking with a White Sox player who said there was a theory that the White Sox have the best offer out on the table for Conforto uh, and that one of the stipulations is that he needs to get vaccinated for him to sign. I think that it's pretty weird that Carlos Rodon never got a qualifying offer extended to him. I think it's weird that you know Scott Boris is Michael Conforto's agent, and we have not heard any rumblings at all on where the top free agent is going and still haven't the more and more the uh, free agent market develops. It is very, very quiet. The White Sox love to work in the quiet, in the dark. I just think that it's very, very possible the White Sox have the best offer on the table, that the stipulation of him needing to be vaccinated is true. And we are two weeks out now from opening day. April 7th is two weeks out. So if you're going to get vaccinated, you need to get over those symptoms. You need to get over all that stuff so you can even play with the team. So I think there is time that is running out for Michael Conforto. And if he's going to sign, I think it's soon. He can't change positions like Trevor Story did. That's part of the reason why Boston signed him, so he could play second base along with Xander Bogarts, and then he's Bogarts Insurance. I just think that it's possible that Conforto will sign soon, and I think it is possible that the Sox have the best offer Therefore,
1: tinfoil hat. But this is all just guessing. Oh, so yeah. Th- no, this tin is tinfoil I, I tweeted it I out. I prefer to deal in, you know, some, a little bit of reality <laughs> well, here. I'm, so. I'm sorry you work with me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I, I tweeted it out, too. It was, uh, I tweeted out the picture of uh, Charlie Day uh, in It's Always Sunny with the, the checkboard behind him, trying to f- figure out who Pepe Silvio is. Like, I'm trying to figure out why Michael Conforto hasn't been signed yet. And I think that there's enough conclusions for me to draw That Michael Conforto will sign soon. I guess that's the closest conclusion that I can come to. You guys are looking at me like I am crazy. So you know I mean
1: you you're wearing (laughs) you're wearing aluminum foil on your head currently, so you're giving us reason.
2: (laughs) I mean, I just don't like the long (laughs) yes. Like either say yay or nay. Come on, Michael Conforto, we're adults here. We have things to do. And the White Sox have things to do. Like you said, two weeks from now, they'll be playing baseball. It's actually the Friday, so they'll be playing on the eighth versus Detroit. They'll be playing baseball. Let's get getting ready, Michael Conforto. Either yay or nay on the White Sox. Move on. And the White Sox should feel the same way. I understand that he would be an awesome addition and make that lineup even more uh, dynamic than it is right now. And then he's a right fielder, an actual right fielder. That would be great. But at a time, you got to say, hey man, you're not worth, the juice is not worth the squeeze. I can't deal with this. You don't want to get the damn shot. You're, I,
0: bi- bye. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, again, I think the, the deadline is running out for him to get vaccinated and signed before the before opening day. So I, I think that his clock is running out. And I do think that it's possible knowing how the White Sox operate that he they've probably had the best offer on the table since November. Uh, like, I, I just don't see that, you know, there's not a, a market really kicking up for him. Uh, the, the market's fairly slow on him and quiet. I just mm-hmm. don't, understand why that's happening the only way that i could think is the reason why the price isn't being driven up is because he has this one stipulation against him and scott boris i i think wouldn't want to be like uh you know this is a big stipulation, you know. He, he's, he might not be vaccinated. It might be a bad look to to push that out on your client. I guess this not is, something you want to put out in the to the public. I think.
1: Yeah, this is a lot of leapfrogs for me. I oh, mean, absolutely. I'm just saying, like, do we know? Is it out there that he's not vaccinated? Is it out there so, that that the White Sox have even made him an the Met, offer?
0: The, like, Mets, it's, the Mets, it's not out there that they. This is all again. This we, is a lot of guessing. This is, is my point. point. Yeah. This <laughs> a lot of so, guessing. This is a lot of pulling at strings. Again. You know, I I trust Shane Reardon. He's been able to break a couple stories before. And this isn't, he's not tweeting out anything. uh, So he wasn't really, you know, this isn't like a sources say that they have the best offer on the table. But he says, just talking with a White Sox player, this is a theory that they have. Um, So I'm buying into the theory that they have it. And I I think along with your questions about, you know, him being vaccinated, um, he did say that uh, last year after being affected with COVID, Uh, that it was a personal choice or that it is someone's personal choice. He didn't say yes or no on being vaccinated. He was also the Mets player rep. Uh, So, you know, the the union stance is that there are no mandated vaccines, right? That they don't want to get that, you know, put that precedent out there uh, because the owners will then want everyone to get vaccinated so they can avoid missing games. I think Conforto, it is very highly possible that he is still unvaccinated. So it's something that we've talked about on the podcast before. Uh, And, you know... I, again, I don't know. It's he and you know Brandon says not vaccinated, picked, detached. Uh, markets uh, Conforto's market is tanked. I, I don't see why it has. I mean, again, he is the I only mean,
2: those three those reasons that Brandon's given. That's why his market is tanked. Like if the White Sox still have the best offer out there, and I was think, talking about this on Tuesday, they have the best offer. They're a contending team. What's the holdup? Like if it is hard and fast, yeah. you have to get a vaccination. Move on. If he hasn't decided by now, by Like, we can't wait for you to be a responsible adult. If that's what the White Sox want, and if that's the deal that's out there, Either go to the
0: White Sox or go to a team that's well, not requiring that. And the Tea Leaves are saying that, like I, you know, Michael Conforto might not send anywhere. Like, there's no rumors cool. that, like, oh, this team's interested, Smooth. that team's interested, this team's interested. It just seems like a completely dead market, which makes no sense having the super agent that he does.
1: Well, I'll just say this again: you're bringing up a lot of ifs here, but I'll yes, say I am. I'll yes. say this: this is the if podcast. the 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 way that free agency has worked in recent years. There's always a guy like this stuck at the end. And and we saw it in twenty nineteen with two guys who are now on the White Sox and Dallas right. Keichel and Craig Kimbrell, where, you know, they have that draft pick attached to them and teams said it's not worth it. We don't want these guys who are all star caliber players unless that draft pick goes away and they didn't, nobody signed him until June. And so I think that this is becoming kind of a free agency trend where there's always kind of someone left at the bottom of the barrel, even if they're not the bottom of the barrel guy. I mean, right. we're talking about all-star level players here, but this seems to happen where all of a sudden it turns into – the market just flips completely, and it's like now the teams are just like, well, we're only going to sign this player on our, on our own terms. And I understand that yeah. July 17th this year is the time where – it
2: uh the compensation for the picking of Michael Conforto. So if the White Sox sign him on July eighteenth, then he right, would be coming with a second round or compensation pick.
0: My my theory, yeah, and it is it. it is based on ifs, it is saying that I, I do think that the White Sox have had the best offer out on the table since November. So I, I think that again, I, I it might be too much and I just don't think that the draft class that's upcoming is that important where you need to keep keep that pick it's a second round pick Everyone that I've talked to, which is just Josh Nelson, uh, who covers <laughs> the, the the MLB draft, says that this is one of the weaker drafts in probably the last well, ten years. And also, this is a championship caliber team. Right. Losing losing a second round pick and five hundred thousand dollars should mean nothing to fill out the right field position that you're willing to spend twenty two and a half million dollars or whatever on because it has to be more than Castellanos or Schwarber or say a Suzuki at this point. Well,
1: and it goes and that goes for every team that isn't that that isn't the White Sox. Also, you know what I mean? Like it, when when we're talking about. Signing these guys with the draft pick attached to it, if you're trying to win the World Series, who cares about the draft right. pick? I mean listen if you're if you're a middling team where or or a rebuilding team where that draft pick is going to be your starting name of position in the next five years, okay, but when you're trying to win the World Series and there's a lot of teams besides just the White Sox who are trying to win the World Series this year, who cares?
0: yeah, and yeah. It, that's what Rick recon even said too, like when answering the Rodon qualifying offer part was we'll stay in touch with them and yes we'd like this the the draft pick but it's not that important to us so they declined a draft pick already uh with, with the Carlos Rodon qualifying offer they could have extended a qualifying offer to him if the Giants signed him that deal they would have picked up a draft pick it doesn't seem like the draft is that important to the White Sox so I don't think that there is right now any other team outside the Sox that have. A better offer. I, I think that the Sox and you mentioned you thought mm-hmm. that they were going to bring in a right fielder. Uh, yeah, tea leaves yeah. I, again. I don't think that's changed. I don't think the market has changed enough to where Conforto now has no offers or isn't being considered by teams. And yeah, it just, but it's he's just not,
1: the, he's not the only guy out there. I mean, I'm not, I don't have a list in front of me, but I'm just saying, and it's, he's, not, yeah, because it comes, there but, are trade acquisitions that can happen too, obviously, but I mean, you know, there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing out there saying that the White Sox have even made an offer reportedly. So. Right. But that's, yeah. that's typical White Sox fashion. No. Well it would it's what they would like if that's exactly right. what they're doing, but so we're talking they, a but we're, but if, like I said, it's right. a lot of ifs. A lot of ifs, <laughs> but if they've had the if, if they've had if they've here, had yeah. the, the,
0: the best offer since November, it would make sense that it's been kept quiet since November just because why would again Scott Boris want to go out and and, and drive up an offer that is already the best. And the only reason why it's being stalled right now is possibly. And if, uh, if you know his his vaccination status doesn't align with the white Sox, but just to go through the, just, I'm not moving on just before the, the, the free agent market currently John Jay is available. Matt Joyce is available. Brett Gardner is available. Juan Lagares is available. Ian Desmond is available. Brian Goodwin, Dexter Fowler, Mark Payton, Jared Dyson, Adam Eaton, and Michael Conforto. yeah, One no, of those names no one, is not like the Yeah, other right. Stuff. Those guys are so, not are not
1: list. starting caliber
2: players, but yeah, right. you guys were talking about the White Sox not caring about the draft and look at their roster. I think only 3 of their starting 9 are players they drafted. Tim Anderson, Andrew Vaughn, and if you go with Gavin Sheets. I mean, you could put Adam Engel in there too, but you know, he's a part-time guy. Then the pitching staff absolutely no none on the starting rotation mm-hmm. that they drafted. So, they've seen like you know, our drafts haven't been that strong, but the players that we have uh, a strong feeling about, they'll make it, like Andrew Vaughn. They'll make it, like Gavin Cheats. They'll make it in uh, at the Cubs with Nick Magical. Those guys were drafted, so you have the majority of the players on the team either picked by uh, free agency, international, or the regular free agency or trades, like uh, Lucas Giolito.
0: Let me ask you this, and we'll move on from it. What's the biggest hole in the theory? The biggest hole in your theory? Yes, absolutely. Well, the fact that he hasn't signed
1: was that you're is <laughs> that there's no proof that of you're, any of Yeah, it? that you're assigning
0: <laughs>
2: that he is
0: not vaccinated right you're just making yeah okay. you're making stuff up yeah, that, yeah well <laughs> i mean you I have, don't know if I'm necessarily have, making stuff up but you like, have i i do, i can fairly say that i have no proof on his vaccination step. yes exactly so that, that's and your yes. whole theory crumbles if he that's is true. vaccinated that's true that's and which we will never know really well, I mean, we did find out about Story after he signed the deal. So I think that it is possible that you'll we'll never know because he's it, never signing.
2: He's just going to be out of baseball <laughs> forever. And <laughs> again,
0: too, like you mentioned him signing by July 27th he's or July 17th, like he's just hurting his value at that point. Like Carlos Correa was able to get a deal done with many options that, that, that benefited him. Trevor Story was able to get a deal that benefited him that matched Javi Baez's deal that he signed before the lockout. Like the market isn't dead it's only dead for Conforto like a lot of the names the big names have signed it it, it's I feel like it's unlike 2019 at least
1: well it's also we don't know that it's dead you know what I mean like it could just be taking a while kind of thing yeah but like
0: again this is Scott Boris like why why is it taking a while for for this guy specifically maybe
2: Conforto is like you know what I'm leaving the Mets and we're not signing that qualifying offer and I'm not signing for anything less than this and I'll just stay out and I could just chill out I have enough money just to chill out. I've been in Major League Baseball for six years of crude enough money. And, yeah, if I don't get the number I want, I'll do it again. Maybe I'll sign with a, a lesser team, build my market up for this year, and then go again. That's If I was advising Mike Conforto this late in the game, people already got their right fielders. The only one I think are the White Sox who are contenders that don't have a right fielder that it has played right field in Major Leagues for at least 150 games. Right. So – Yes, yeah, sign with another team that you can build your market up again. And I think the White Sox are the perfect team to do that. But a suit, but a tinfoil Hat Man over here thinks that he can't sign unless he has a vaccination. So I would think that would be bad business for the White Sox. One good thing for the White Sox that has gone in this offseason is signing good players. No one went against the Kendall Graveman thing. No one went against the Joe Kelly thing. No one really went against the Josh Harrison thing. When those things happen, maybe it was a, a collective, uh, okay, fine. But no one's like, That's a bad player, why are we signing him? Sign Michael Conforto. You know, if you have those stipulations, you have a really, really not piss poor, but a mediocre offseason so far, I think. So a Michael Conforto signing or somebody else, those names are you usually no put out else. there, they're tough. But even if you sign like uh Dexter Fowler, somebody Please, be like I, I can get there. But no, but their offseason so far has been very lackluster. So and, a signing of Michael Conforto would turn that thing all the way around for White Sox fans, at least from my perspective.
0: And I just feels like, again, Rick, the way that he's talking about this team, it still feels like they're looking to upgrade. It feels like they're still looking at right field. It still feels like it's a possibility because he's still out there. Uh, and maybe, you know, Babe Ruth called his shot in the ninth inning. Uh, if the game went to extras and he still hit a home run, would he still be cool? You know, no. that's all I'm saying. No, you know, Thursday's not. not over, everybody. No. Uh, the best way to support CHGO and my tinfoil uh, hat addiction is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000. In free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a 50 time, first time deposit of $50 or more at Points Bet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we will help you out. Points Bet is your home for live in play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing Points Bet's newest feature, the live college basketball same game parlay. You could take advantage of that tonight when you're watching the tournament. And my favorite part of Points Bet is you can boost your odds on your live same game parlay, you could do that once a day. It's a daily boost points bet wants to help you maximize your earnings and you could sign up easily right now mobile sign up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. Plus during PointsBet's Match Madness, all users can earn up to $100 in free bets. During each round, just place a $50 pregame wager and get a free $20 live bet to be used for that round. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem call one eight hundred-five two two four seven zero zero. Herb, you uh you pounded your athletic greens, is what you're telling me.
2: Yeah, I do it every day. Every single day. You,
0: I, but you were telling me you ran out, no? No, 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 no. Oh, okay, no. Uh, oh, you still got I, your, took a, I took it. took some on the road packs? with
2: me. Yeah. They have some uh Athletic Greens to go. It says AG on it. You know what the AG stands for? What does it stand for? All good. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Uh, Our
0: next partner has a product that Herb and I literally use every day. I started taking AG One because this is my first full time job. I wanted to start getting in a schedule. AG Ones helps me get my body started the right way each and every day. I've been on it for now, you know, about three weeks, and I love it. It doesn't taste super healthy. It tastes, you know, kind of like you know, orangey tropical, not super overpowering. Yes, just pretty. Mellow. You put Delicious. a scoop of it in your water, mm-hmm. and it's
2: just... 8 to 12 ounces.
0: 8 to 12 ounces? I use to go with 12. You, know, you like, you like a, a more watery mix?
2: Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's nice little... Uh, you shake it up, it uh, pretty much it dissolves all into the water. And it goes down real smooth. Yeah, and absolutely. And the, it, and the gut health, man, I'm telling you, man, I,
0: cleared I, out. You know, I can't. I can't lie about it. The, the gut health has been a, a nice part of this too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe it was just because I was eating, you know, poorly when I was was unemployed. But AG One's has helped me get my body right. And but, when I
2: went to Nashville, I was eating a lot of bad food. So starting off the day with AG One.
0: Perfect. There you go. With one delicious scoop of AG1s, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, or dairy-free. And Athletic Greens has over 7,002 five-star reviews, the other two coming from Herb and I. Yes. Uh, right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day, like Herb said, 8 to 12 ounces. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supp- supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit Athletic slash. Chgo socks. Again, that is Athletic Greens slash Sox to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you, Athletic Greens. Let's move into our icebreaker. It's a little bit late because uh, we got on the whole Conforto topic and my bad on that. I didn't mean for it to be a 20-minute conversation. It just happened. Uh, we'll go into uh, old friend alert. Rick Giolito slid into my Twitter mentions yesterday as I was talking about his son, Lucas, is uh, you know, a little back and forth in arbitration here with the White Sox. And we talked about this on the show yesterday, Vinny, along with Kevin Kaduck And Rick wants to just explain what happened with the Sox and Giolito. And we'll also explain uh, what Rick Hahn said and try to give you more insight to what's going on. Rick said there are two phases. First is pre-arb negotiation. So the Sox and Luke were 50 k apart, $2.4 million to $2.45 million. No agreement. Second is actual arbitration. Team and players submit new number amounts to the arbitrator. The socks lowered their offer by 100K. Lucas raised his by 55K, thus the 200K apart. Lucas mentioned in a pool yesterday that there was a $50,000 difference, but when Mark Feinstein of MLB.com reported the numbers that were given to the arbitrator, it was 7.5 and 7.3. So that's how we got to 2000. Uh, $200,000 apart uh, in Rick's uh, prior tweet. And then he went on to explain it would be ridiculous to arbitrate over 50K. Uh, Can you go back to that? I'm sorry. 50K. uh, The arbitrator would say, what the fuck? I don't appreciate the Sox lowering their offer almost as twice as much as Lucas raised his. Luke was trying to be fair. Sox trying to punish him for not taking their offer. So I don't know if the Sox are trying to punish Lucas Giolito, but we look at the history of the Sox. The arbitration cases that happen are few and far between since 2000. They've only had three. Uh, it was Yomer Sanchez. I miss Avi Garcia yesterday and then Keith Folk uh, back in 2001. So this is something that they tend to uh, you know avoid. And we see the back and forth there. Uh, but again, they are only $200,000 apart. And it feels like something that they can get done Fairly easily. Herb, I'm going to start with you just because you missed yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your thoughts on this whole back and forth between Giolito? Uh, it's sort of playing out in media and Twitter, and then Rick Hahn had to make comments that we'll get to in a little bit. Names you just had, uh, Keith Folk, uh, you say Larry Garcia. like those uh, uh, Yomer.
2: Yomer, Gar- Yomer Sanchez. Like You can say that about those players. You can do that to those players. Like the- Keith Folk was the closer of the White Sox at the time. And Yomer was a good part of the White Sox, but neither were the front-facing one of the leaders on the team in Lucas Giolito. Like, you're that close. You're 50000 apart. Give up that money. It's Lucas Giolito. And it does wonders for the people down the line. Like, okay, Dylan Cease is a couple of years away. Man, they're fair dealing. See what they did for our, our leader, Lucas Giolito? Man, they're going to be fair dealing with me too. Now it seems like they're bickering over 50K and now 200,000. I was asking you guys before the show. I'm like, why not already seeing what Twitter and White Sox atmosphere has been? Hey, Lucas, sorry about that. Here's the 200,000. You want 7.5? We're all good, man. Let's, get, let's forget about that. That hasn't happened. It's been a day and a half of bad news cycle for the White Sox. And people who are usually Rick Hahn people or Rick Hahn stands are jumping off because they're like, man, what this offseason? What is this? And why are we treating Lucas Giolito like this? Why are we playing him to the left? I think you have to pick your battles. And Lucas Giolito, and if ever uh, they have a conversation with Tim about extending his deal, and Jose Abreu, you have to pick your battles with those guys in particular. And then, you know, if you want to be stingy and keep your money and the negotiation tactics for... Michael Kopech, who I assume is going to be a star eventually, but he's not Lucas Giolito as yet. You do that for him. Lucas Giolito is not a guy that you have a $50,000 difference with and then walk away. It's it's ridiculous. And Rick Giolito right there with those comments to you on Twitter inflamed it even more. I think he explained it perfectly, but... Like, for the White Sox side, that's that's exactly what they don't want out there. They don't want the player's dad to be saying what's going on without you having a chance to respond. That's a really bad look for the White Sox yesterday, where Rick Giolito came out and explained the numbers.
0: Yeah, Vinny, before—I mean, the, the, the Giolito stuff is just interesting. You talked about it's probably more important in the long term, which I think this—at least the Giolito side of Lucas and Rick— that's what we're really seeing. Because in the short term, it feels like a pretty
1: easy you know, $200,000 difference. You would think. I mean, I think I think my reaction to this is still, this is weird. And I think there, there has to be something about this that we, as collective baseball people who aren't working in a front office or in an agency, don't grasp 100% of the way. Because this is, I, I think we saw yesterday, national reporters who were tweeting out these numbers all day long kept going, you know, now you're going to see that Teams and players are going to be filing at at very similar numbers that are very close together, and I think every common-sense person among us just went, well, then just meet in the middle. You know what I mean? Why do – forget Lucas Giolito, the list of players throughout the entire major leagues, just everybody meet in the middle if you're not far apart. So the process is weird in addition to this situation being weird. Obviously, as I talked about yesterday, you don't see players come out and and gripe about the way things are going with their front offices when it mm-hmm. comes to arbitration negotiations mm-hmm. and stuff like this. It's a rare thing to see, and that's what you don't want to see. Again, I think the long-term effect is the far more important. It doesn't matter maybe necessarily as much whether we understand the intricacies of the dealings, the negotiations, and that stuff, because guess what we do understand? how Lucas Giolito is feeling right now. Right. And when that comes to making sure that he can stick around in a White Sox uniform before he hits that free agent date, uh, or, or even after, you know, if they if they were able to sign him and re-sign him, uh, that is not what you would think is a positive step in that direction. And so I think, you know, everybody has been – we've been talking since before yesterday, oh, when is Lucas Giolito going to sign an extension? Could he sign an extension, or is he going to go to free agency and, and go to another team – well, this is really amplifying that conversation now, which is a shame because if, as you see with all of Lucas's comments, he's very focused on the season coming yeah. up and very focused on quite frankly driving that value up by having, by having a good yeah. by having a good performance. So uh, yeah it's it's all weird and uh, it, it it's you wonder if it will have any sort of long-term effect. I think as you point to Rick Han's comments here in a moment, he w- is confident that stuff like this going, Wrong, if you want to call it that way, does not always have that negative effect, and that's certainly easy to believe as well. And
0: we'll shed some light more on like even the contract stuff as well. But let's go to Rick Hahn's comment as well, uh, because you mentioned that it did draw up a lot of uh, you know questions. So Rick Hahn even you know came out to speak with it. It didn't feel like this was a even a pool of Rick Hahn. I know you weren't down there, but it didn't feel like you know Rick Hahn had a, a pool meeting. These were the only comments that slipped out or that were were, were tweeted out uh, by by the media. So I think he did give comments to. Uh, writers down in Arizona, just on this specific uh,
1: case, right? Yeah, it, it I feels, mean, again, I wasn't down there. Yeah. Obviously, I was here with you, but my my guess would be that there was a request made by yeah. by the by the the writers who are down there to to follow up on this topic because obviously you hear Lucas's comments and they are obvious one-sided for obvious reasons you want to go ahead and get both sides of that and that's what uh, several of the writers down there were able to get from Rick Hahn.
0: yeah and all the stories have uh, this quote so I'm assuming and there's no other quotes from Han. so I think that he spoke specifically about this so it is interesting just to see uh, you know after Lucas's comments that Rick uh, spoke up about this and he said that I think that our track record of winding up in two hearings over the last 20 years shows that obviously we're motivated to get something done with any of our players to avoid a hearing. As for the perception that could potentially cause a longer-term issue between us and Lucas, I don't view... That is the case. We've had, and as I said, a long successful history with Lucas and a deep relationship with him. And I certainly don't think this is going to have, regardless of any result, a negative impact on that relationship going forward. We're 200 grand apart sitting here today. And it seems to be a small gap. We'll see whether things, well, where things go. I certainly understand being frustrated. We're all frustrated. That's the nature of negotiations at times. That is the negotiation or the nature of you know arbitration negotiations. It feels like, GMs don't like it, it feels like owners don't like it, and it definitely feels like players don't like it, especially when they reach those cases and they have to say and argue for themselves, this is why I'm worth this type of money where the Sox organization, the team that you've been for, at least for Lucas's case, you know, five plus years now, than them going well, we think you're worth a little bit less. So it is, uh, it definitely a nasty part of baseball. Hopefully they can figure it out before it even reaches eight arbitration case. Uh, like Rick says. You know, two cases uh, in the past twenty years. I think it's three because I think it was Garcia, I mean, Yolmer, and 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 Ke- Keith Folk. But he's I talking think Rick. Two thousand one. So
1: yeah, that's more than twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah, at is this point. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, then there's only been two. So th- <laughs> that's good to know. Uh, well, then We're three old,
0: since two thousand. Uh, so, but listening to that, Herb, are you worried about the long term? effect that this could possibly have. Yes. I mean, the White Sox didn't come correct with a
2: offer to one of their stars. I think to hold hard and fast to the 50,000 K 50 K difference they had is very ignorant, very pigheaded. I don't think they needed to do that with Lucas Giolito. Like if this, like they have 39 of the 40 people signed for this year. And Lucas is the one that's out there. Like that doesn't make sense to me. And if they don't get this done before the arbitration hearing gets done or the arbitration hearing gets uh, heard, that's on the White Sox. Yeah, that's a hundred percent on the White Sox. It's two hundred K for one of your people that you keep on telling us is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Like, I don't You're- know why in the hell we're here talking about this. It it's it's so penny. Pennywise and Pound Foolish. It's so dumb. Just pay him what he wants. Now, when it comes to negotiation for future, if you want to extend him, get into the nitty-gritty. But this is a bad thing for nothing. For nothing. You got him. He's on your team. Okay, Lucas, cool. You want that extra 50? Fine. Fuck it. You're on our team. Right. Cool. I'll see you, I'll see you in a couple of years when we're trying to get a, a deal done
0: for extension. We're, t-
1: we're talking about days. We're talking about days worth of pay for this guy. Right, mm-hmm. I mean, what's the what's the number seven seven and a half? Yeah, seven and a, and a half?
0: half compared to seven point three. Okay, those seven are the two numbers that were filed.
1: Fifty thousand dollars over seven for seven and a half million dollars. Right, you're talking about a matter of days pay, days worth of pay. Exactly, for this I've guy, seen right? someone yeah. say
0: like, you know, you could just put something in in guaranteed rate field called and Geo's we garage all, and that would will, that'll make two hundred thousand. Yeah, that will make two hundred thousand dollars.
2: Yeah, whatever. if they want, they literally <laughs> could say, hey guys, we don't have that.
0: Can you do it? Right. We'll all pitch in. Well, to buy beer. Souvenirs, especially especially when it's fifty k. You know, I'm I'm not going to release my salary amount, but that's more than I make. Um, so you know, especially when it's like a fifty k difference, it's it's pretty insulting for a a regular fan. But again, I'm not too worried because this is arbitration. I don't understand arbitration. Baseball arbitration is messy, and since it is two hundred thousand dollars, I think that they can close that gap fairly easily, but you brought up an extension and this is from James Feagan. Uh, he was reporting, and in his report today, he said sources indicate that last spring the White Sox offered Giolito a contract extension before the 2021 season, which would have taken place of the $4.15 million deal he and the team reached for in his first arbitration eligible season last year. Uh, there was no uh, you know drama with that. They just agreed to the $4.15 million deal. The contract offer was for four years, $50 million guaranteed. That would have bought out 2021-2022 and 2023 and his first year of uh, free agency the offer also included a club option for 2025 obviously they did not get a deal done uh, but that deal is in line with Herman Marquez's extension with the Rockies and that is uh, a deal that is in line with uh, Aaron Nola's extension with the Phillies so I think that it's interesting that they've had that conversation. But again, you've brought this up before. Gio knows his worth and is going to get as much money as he possibly can, even if he does love the Chicago White Sox and the organization and the fans.
2: Yeah, I I think the guy that's the one guy you don't want to mess with on the roster. They have the history of him having up to 30 seconds before the deadline with Mike Rizzo. And he's like, no, I'll just go play at UCLA. Cool. If you don't give me the money, I'm at UCLA. That's what he's gonna do with the White Sox. Like, arbitrator is gonna say either Lucas's offer or the White Sox offer if they don't come together, and Lucas will be cool with that. And then when it's time for free agency, like I remember, you got fifty k. Cool, you guys are gonna have to pay that back. This is me with the tinfoil hat, like you, Sean. I think like to come out, I like make you really saying, co- To come out in the media and say I'm disappointed, like that doesn't happen. And his dad to come out on Twitter, like. You didn't ask Rick Giolito no, no, for was, an answer. Yeah. He was willing to give you an answer. Like, does he follow you? No. Was he just out there searching for his son's name? And he answered your question. They want that information out there for some reason. This is going to be a tough negotiation with Lucas Giolito. And you ruined what you had before with him. That, that little snippet of goodwill, it's gone. I feel that same way with the Cubs and Chris Bryant when they did the slow play and manipulated his service time. People are like, ah, you know, Cubs will have him for seven years. Look at where he's at now. He's with GD Rockies. Right. That relationship was ruined early in the into the negotiation, and now Lucas Giolito, fifty k. Now it's at two hundred k. Ruined a relationship over pennies in baseball yeah. in baseball parlance. I mean, the White Sox can
0: make it up. It's not like you know. They, yeah, I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't. They can call, come to an agreement. Yeah, yes. I wouldn't
1: call the relationship ruined, but certainly. This is there where it wasn't there before. You know what I mean? And I I think, listen, Sean, you've mentioned it already today. We talk about it all the time. The White Sox prefer to operate when nobody's paying attention to them. Uh, This is why. This is why. Stuff like this, right? Right. Rick Hahn doesn't want to have to go out and address every little thing that that gets reported and every every little thing that the opposing party might do. I mean, we've been, uh, you know, we're not too far removed from Manny Machado, you know, Going on those that public like tour of ballparks around the <laughs> and cities around the country to see which place that he would want to sign that that's a headache because the way that news works today is that every little bit of that process is a headline and to have to react to that on a constant basis or to have negotiations mid negotiations steered away because of the public reaction to every little bit of that is not what they want and so I think it, it, I think people can look at this realize how it's making Lucas feel realizing how it's making them feel Herb the way you just reacted and say man I really wish I hadn't heard any of this at all <laughs> yeah
0: and I don't blame it I mean Rick talked about that and his his expanded comments too that he made on this Lucas stuff was that you know I, I want to present you a baby and I don't want you to have to see the labor I, I don't want you to he uses have to, that he uses that line quite a I mean, bit he used it again uh you know, Rick Conn Rick playing the hits uh I, I think that Again, it's, it does get messy when stuff like this happens. It, it is negotiations. I, I don't think... I've never been in negotiations in my life. I've heard that they're messy, though. Um, we saw that play out between the MLB and the MLBPA. And Lucas is the player rep for the White Sox. And I, Brandon mentioned this, and I don't know if this is... This might be tinfoil as well, but Gio passed on the extension, which we mentioned, five, uh, four years, $50 million. Uh, this is a consequence of the decision. They're playing hardball. Gio has gone after 24. Business is tough sometimes. I bet Geo also has a bad taste in his mouth after the way he saw the, the owners negotiate, not specifically Jerry. We don't know you know Jerry's part in, in, in the lockout, uh, but it, it is probably something where, again, Gio pushed, has been pushing that, that envelope salary-wise ever since he was getting into the league, and he's going to continue to push on that envelope year in and year out. I don't know if it has short-term effects, but long-term, I think that Clearly, we all agree that uh, definitely something here has, has caused a little bit of a schism, but nothing money can't fix, right?
1: Yeah, oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, I mean, my, hey, hey, like like ACDC said, money talks, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I
0: think that if they were, you know, if, if they offered Lucas 55 for four, maybe he would have taken it. If they offered him 60 for four, maybe he would have taken it. But like in comparison to the deals that were out there, Herman Marquez, $43 million for five years. Aaron Nola, 45 for four years. Um, they're similar-ish, especially with the arbitration numbers that ended up coming. Like Nola made four in his first year. Gio made 4.15. Uh, Nola made eight in his second year. Gio is bound to make 7.3 to 7.5 this year. So, in line uh, with, with the deals that are out there on the market. So, I, I do think that at least if that is the rumored report, the Sox aren't truly screwing around. Like, that's a good first offer if that was uh, their offer to Giolito uh, this offseason. Let's talk quickly about points bet and their pick of the week. I got to tell you that. I am pounding the Texas Tech money line tonight. Uh, Cody on the CHGO Bets Daily uh, 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 podcast (laughs) Pick Duke, and uh, I'm betting against the narrative. You know what? I'm going against Cody. I want to see him lose. That means I win. So we're going to use points bet. We're going to take... The uh, money one 110. Oh, snap. So we're going to go with Texas Tech to take down Duke tonight. Right. And if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us to continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email PointsBet at allCHGO, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now. And register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook, easier than ever, so you could start living your bet life in seconds. So, what are you waiting for once the game starts? Don't just bet, live your bet life with points. Bet gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. Uh, let's go, Red Raiders. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to win money, I'm at a dollar oh five in my bank at CHGO Push it bet, all in. so Yeah, I'm pushing it all in. I push it all in every night, especially with uh, how low I'm at. I can only make two bets uh, with the minimum. And this is CHGO. We're broadcasting live from our CHGO studio A. You can become a member at allchgo.com. We're going to bring you free podcasts, live shows, post-game shows all throughout the season. All of all three of us. We even have Janice Curio on our White Sox team, and she'll be joining us, uh, you know, throughout this season. But if you want that extra push, if you want to join the CHGO Lounge, if you want a free shirt upon becoming a member, and if you want the free or not the free the premium written content that's behind the paywall at allchgo.com, the great articles that Vinny wrote out at spring training and all the stuff that he'll be doing all throughout the season, you can check that out. Become a member at allchgo.com. Again, the podcast, live shows, those are all free. But if you want to really get in deep into CHGO, allchgo.com is where you become a member. All right, guys, final topic. We got about 13 minutes here. It's the title of the episode. (laughs) Is Tim Anderson the best shortstop in the AL Central? Let's see if we agree. Our top three here. We'll go into just the rankings right away because we all agree on the rankings. This is the CHGO White Sox podcast, top AL AL Central's uh, shortstops. We got Carlos Correa, Correa one. Tim Anderson, two. Javi Baez, three. We all agree, so at least let's start off easily. Vinny, I don't think we've talked to you about Carlos Correa yet. What are the Twins getting in Correa?
1: I think the White Sox saw it last year, right? They, right. they are getting a guy who, uh, I mean, really when he's healthy, is one of the best players in baseball. I yeah. mean, can do it all with the bat, and boy, can he play defense. Mm-hmm. We, <laughs> I, got, I got a uh, front row seat to every game the White Sox played in Houston last year. I was down there for that. Awful regular season series where they got swept in four games. Terrible. And I was uh, there for, obviously, the playoffs. Uh, and Carlos Correa, man, is unreal on defense. He he is a guy who is literally taking hits away. I mean, you talk right. about that's the goal of, of, of defenders in the field take hits away to help out their pitchers. This is a guy who's got the range and the glove and the arm to literally take hits away from people, and he was doing it to the White Sox on a fairly regular basis, if memory serves. Uh, Yeah, so they're getting a very, very good player who is obviously now the best player on that team, might be the best player in the division, uh all of a sudden but yeah
0: my favorite part is that you brought up his defense right away when he hit 385 592 and 538 in that series right. so <laughs> right. I mean he has that's an OPS over is. a thousand and that's and what his, stuck out and yeah. that his defense <laughs> is what stuck yes out. that's he what he kicked
1: the Sox ass of course, course he he trying did. to say and he kicked, he <laughs> kicks a lot of teams ass that's I mean he, he is the, the thing is we have seen him exclusively basically for his entire career as a member of a very very good team I don't think that Carlos Correa by himself is going to turn the Twins into the best team in the division or maybe not even turn them into anything better than the third best team in the division. We'll see. But uh, it's obviously a phenomenal addition for Minnesota and it is going to cause the White Sox headaches. We'll see how big those headaches are once the games start being played because he is only one player. But uh, the things that the Twins have done definitely make you take notice and Correa alone uh, is is a guy who probably can win them a game here and there against against not just the White Sox, but any number of teams.
0: Absolutely, and they got two of those guys now with Buxton, if he can stay healthy, yeah. and Correa. So, I mean, it, it's dangerous, your weird-ass Minnesota Twins. They are. Um, as long as the pitching comes around. The, that's <laughs> probably not going to happen unless they make a trade. Um, Sonny
1: Gray can only go once every five days. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> and I just think about Carlos Correa, and we're talking about that series, uh, the White Sox loss in uh, four games. Game four, specifically, where Carlos uh, Rodon gets out of the first inning, it was a tough one. He was, you know, hyped up because we had the 99-mile-per-hour pitch. pitch. we like, all right, here we go. Carlos Rodon is back. And then it was nut-crunching time, and Carlos Correa is up. He was batting somewhere deep in that lineup, like fifth or sixth. It was ridiculous. And Carlos Rodon threw a, like, a 94-mile-per-hour chest-high fastball. I was like, cool. Carlos Correa is like, delicious. Murdered <laughs> that ball to left field and scores a run immediately. I was like, game's over. It's yeah. been real. It's been real. I thought we had a chance in game four. We didn't. That's a champion player right there. And so, yes, like Vinny said, they got Buxton. They got Carlos Correa. He's probably the best player in the division now, Carlos Correa. 27, can leave after this year. So he's on another walk year. So he knows he's going to be like, okay, I'm making 35. Some other team next year might match this up and give me the years I'm looking for. I'm not going to be in Minnesota for long. I would be shocked if he's in Minnesota past November this year. And so... He's going to go out and go out and try to get it some more money. And I'm very scared. very, very scared because if you get the health of Miguel Sano, if he's not a knucklehead this year, and you get the health of Byron Buxton, they might not beat us with the pitching, but the hits are going to come. And it's going to come furious. And I'm not enjoying that trip up to Minnesota when you have Carlos Correa batting third and Byron Buxton maybe second or first and then Miguel Sano hitting fourth. It's, It's a nice start of a lineup. The rest falls off the table, but, you know, Gary Sanchez can catch lightning in a bottle.
0: Yeah, and and you look at Correa too, just as his true uh, resume, former World Series winner. I know that has an asterisk uh, against it, uh, but also two time All Star, gold glove winner, platinum glove winner. And in 99 games in 2015, he won Rookie of the Year, uh, hitting 279, 345, 512. Uh, That's a pretty damn good rookie year. Uh, And I know we have Brandon bringing up the uh, F War seasons, but also you look at the B War seasons, you look at baseball reference, uh, he's had a season of 7 War, 6.7 War, and just had a, a, a season of 7.2 war uh, those are all-star level that's close to MVP level uh, Tim Anderson hobby bias has never like they have not produced uh, to that level that high of a level uh, I, where Correa was last year and I'm not going
2: to speak for Vinny but I guarantee if we're talking about Tim Anderson we're talking more about his bat and his leadership more than his defense now his defense is good not great you know we do, he gets to a lot of balls right. and i wouldn't sacrifice him getting to a lot of balls for better defense put those in quotes but you he just talked about carlos correa cuz his defense and he's a champion offensive player too <laughs> like we're never going to start like man tim really gets to a lot of balls that's why he's the best shortstop in the al central no like we're going to say yeah he gets to a lot of balls enjoy him he makes plays that some can't make but defensively i would 100% take carlos correa over him 100% take Carlos Correa over Tim Anderson, and and offensively, there's no there's no doubt there.
0: Tim is a good bat. Carlos Correa is an elite bat. Well, elite. And I think that Tim could become an elite bat. He's shown flashes of having an elite bat, and the more and more he plays, and we've seen his story now. I watched the first episode of Tim Anderson's uh, documentary that the White Sox put out. Like He is still fairly young in his baseball career. Uh, you look at when Correa started. Uh, I mentioned he started back in uh, 2015, and Anderson uh, starting in 2016, but really not becoming the full-time shortstop for the White Sox until that 2017 year. Uh, so you can make the argument you know, that Anderson's played less baseball and that he still has some of his better baseball ahead of him. Uh, and, and it feels like the incremental growth year to year from Anderson defensively uh, is, is really going to carry him up. I do think that if you're taking a guy from right now, maybe not based off their career, uh, but, you know, Tim Anderson at 28 years old and Javi Baez at 28 years old, I'm taking the rest of Tim Anderson's career uh, over Javi Baez's career. I know that Baez probably has a better resume, but I think Correa has shown uh, that he's at a, a different level, that he's the elite of the elite, uh, worth $105 million over three years, where Anderson, I think that his best baseball hasn't come just yet, and that's why I put him second.
1: Hey, I, I think T.A.'s place on that list has nothing to do with T.A. That's and true. it has everything to do with <laughs> Carlos Correa, I think, right? I mean, we're, you're talking about a guy who, in Correa who's like the best at, at his position in the game. You don't – I mean, if you're Tim Anderson, you can be great and excellent and an all-star and an MVP candidate and still not be the number one shortstop in baseball, now knowing Tim Anderson – He's going to want to be the number one yeah, shortstop absolutely. in baseball, but my point being that uh, Tim Anderson is fantastic, and him being number two on that list is not a slight, in my opinion. Uh, he Herb, everything you said, I, I, I agree with in terms of his skill set. But here's what I'll say to kind of crystallize it: Carlos Correa is the best shortstop, or, you know, in, in the division because he's the best player on the Minnesota Twins. Tim Anderson is might not be the best player on the Chicago White Sox, he is the most important player on 100%. the Chicago White Sox. I don't think Carlos Carlos Correa is maybe the most important player on the Twins because he's the best player on the mm-hmm. Twins. T.A. is the most important player on the White Sox because of all of the things that he does for the White Sox, not necessarily because you throw the baseball cards down and you say <laughs> those numbers on a blind resume, that's right. that's what is the best. right?
0: That, no, that's a great point because yeah. I think that you could even make the argument that Correa isn't even the most important player player for the twins just because Buxton's health is so important to their 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 success like if he's injured you know before July Correa might get traded uh I mean that that, that's a possibility where you can look at Baez and you could look at Anderson now Baez is going to be there for six years Anderson obviously wants to be the face of the south side those two guys are probably, you know, you can make the argument which guy is more important to their team because Baez is now the face. He's now the most paid player on that team. I guess you could argue Miguel Cabrera, I mean, but yes. I, well, I feel like right now – I think if the, everything
1: if everything goes right for the Tigers, Javi Baez doesn't need to be the face of the Tigers because they've got all these young guys who, who will be – your oh, Eloys so. and your Roberts and your, and your, your Moncadas for the Tigers. You right, know I mean? but I mean, Baez has been a guy that has been
0: on the national spotlight for, for years now. You know, I mean. You know he why? Could, why? It's somebody in
2: White Sox Twitter <laughs> made this up. It called him Slidy McTaggy. That's it. Like, he makes he's a great slider, yeah, and mean, he tags people creatively.
1: I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, though. That's okay with me. Because, because, man, <laughs> I, I've, I've said it before. White Sox fans won't like it because he used to play for the Cubs. But I don't think there's a more fun, no. exciting player to watch in baseball than Hobby Baez in terms of that highlight reel kind of thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Obviously, he's going to have his stretches where he's just striking out all the time and he doesn't hit anything. But my point being that no one's going to give you a more like, Whoa moment on a more regular basis than him and I think that's pretty valuable, especially as baseball's trying to grow into more of that kind of a sport. You I, know mean, I mean we could
2: see it last year where I was like, just step on goddamn first and he's out <laughs> and everybody in their mom, what a play by Javi Mayas. like he what he dribbles the ball down the line. Uh, Wilson Contreras finally comes around. All they had to do is step on first. The play is over, the inning is over. That guy's not in Japan now. They like I like who met, made the play yeah. at first base is now in Japan or or Korea. Like they kicked him out of the league. Like you
0: died of embarrassment. But it was but
1: it was fun to watch. It he was, got, <laughs> and he got
0: the out still. It was fun to watch. He still got the out. I mean like I mean, no he didn't they get the out. On, yeah,
2: they
1: they did. didn't get the out at all. No.
2: Remember part, did it was the Pirates score. No, the the Cubs scored. It was Javi was at bat, and I was a little short, little dribbler, and all they had to do is step on first. Instead, the first baseman's running Javi back to home plate, and then all of a sudden, Wilson Contreras scores,
0: and then they forget that Javi, even after all that, all they had to do is throw the first base out. For some reason, I only thought that, for some reason, I thought the Cubs were on defense uh, in that play. No, no, I mean, I, I don't know, like, they still scored a run. He still he still did what he was supposed to do. Like, I don't know. It was like kind he, of awesome. He has the <laughs> best. <laughs> it was Honda awesome, Bias but it was like best.
2: because the Pirates
0: are dumb. Yes. But Counts the, either way. <laughs> Literally, I was yelling at
2: the TV. I was like,
0: look, look, touch, at who, touch yeah. first. Look who has the lo- lowest payroll in baseball. I think it shows that the Pirates are a bad team. Bob Nunning's a bad owner. Uh, I would agree with that. I, I think and that, a terrible last name. Like, yes, Bias has the best, like, and one mixtape of M- any MLB player. But, like, I agree with, with you, like, if you're watching 162 games, I would rather watch Tim Anderson than Javi Bias oh. just because of those stretches that Bias can go through.
1: Well, and also too, it like if you have a rooting interest, <laughs> you're going to want certain outcomes to happen, right? right? I really don't care what the outcome is on a Javi Bias play. I just want to see it happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, and as as long as, you know, I w- I would like to see and, and I forgot. His mortal enemy is
2: back in the division that he's yeah, in. Amir Garrett. Garrett's a royal now who he should be scared of Luis Robert because Luis Robert's ball is still traveling that he hit last year off of uh, Amir Garrett. Mercy.
0: I I missed that. Was that in Great American Ball? No, it was
2: at a guaranteed rate. It was a fastball, probably 95 miles per hour. And, like, once you see it, like, my visceral reaction to it was like, woo! Sorry about that, Steven, and everybody at home. I was, it was so crisp. The bat, the back crack was so crisp, and he hit it almost to the concourse.
0: Yeah. It's uh, I typed in Luis Robert. It's the third video. Oh, my up. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Okay. Got Bottom
2: got every stitch of that ball. Every single stitch, and I'm glad that Amir Garrett's back in the division so we can eat a little bit more. And the Royals, baby, let's go.
0: Yeah, I remember, I remember this one now. It went all the way back uh, behind the bullpen, yes. basically third row until the concourse. Uh, what's been the most majestic home run you've seen in person? Now, you've seen the, your mean one. You, I'm guessing you saw that that Robert one. You saw the Aloy one that hit, like, the Jim Tomey center field yeah,
1: spot. That's that's. I'd say that's the one that was off of that was against the Nats that Aloy yes, to dead center bounced on the stairwell of oh, the fan yes. deck to the left Ooh. of the fan deck that was that was something else. I'll tell you what though the, the coolest home run I've ever seen again. White Sox fans are gonna be mad because it's a division rival, but 2012 I covered the Royals in Kansas City. Spent the whole year down there, and there was a game where the the Royals were losing one to nothing. Granky threw eight innings shutout. And and and, they, and it was one to nothing. It was when Granky was on the Angels. Okay. Uh, then the ninth inning, come uh, they bring the closer in, I believe Ernesto Frieri. If we wow. remember that I'm name,
2: digging in the crates for that name.
1: Back to back home runs. Billy Butler ties it one one in the ninth, Hell and yeah. then Sal Perez. Off the foul pole for the walk-off home oh, run sick. in a game that they had nothing. I think they had one hit through eight innings, and the back-to-back. That was the that was my first introduction to uh, a complete rewrite uh, in about five minutes to get the game story up uh, at the end of that one. That was pretty impressive.
2: I'm glad that Billy Butler hit it off of somebody else. Jesus. <laughs> Damn. I'm,
1: yeah, I'm trying to
0: find. Was it? I mean, 20- Mike
2: Sweeney just murdered the White Sox. 2012. Joe Randa. <laughs>
0: just naming, oh, just naming Royals. Royals. So, so, random here, Royals. so I'm, I'm sorry, I just got sucks. I got distracted. I know we got to wrap this up, but he pitched against the uh, Royals twice. Twice, in that was his
1: homecoming with two different teams. We, yeah, in yep.
0: Milwaukee and and uh, LA. He lost the first game one to two, and then he lost the second game three to two. Yeah, <laughs> so he went seven innings in that first game with Milwaukee, and then went
1: eight innings, and then yep. lost both of yep. them. And if I remember correctly, <laughs> the Milwaukee game might have been a walk off too. Um, let me see. I don't remember. Um, now I'm getting way too down no, the No, they, they, hole, they took yeah. the lead
0: in the eighth. The then. eighth inning. Okay, um, there you go. Yeah, and know. K-Rod gave up the, the lead. And, and Ernesto Frieri blew the save. <laughs> Billy Butler hit his 27th off him. And then yeah. Sal Perez hit his 11th Ernesto
1: off Guy Frieri. <laughs> he, he
2: wore his shades on his back. <laughs> gave up a big time home run. All right. Welcome to home run
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> Before we wrap this up, uh, is there any way Tim overtakes Carlos Correa or is it just until he leads the division?
1: Uh, I mean, Carlos Correa is capable of having a bad year, Tim Anderson's capable of being an MVP. Type player, I think I don't think either. You of could those... base it off
0: of one season, though, is what I'm saying. Like if he has a
1: great 2022
0: and Korea has that bad of a, 2022... yeah. I mean, if we're
1: doing the whole career thing, maybe not. But I okay. mean, listen, those are the kind of things that vault you into elite status: winning an MVP or being an MVP type player. And I think everybody up here and many of the people listening would agree that Tim Anderson is ca- capable of that kind of thing. Well, and, we, s- we saw that in yeah. 2020.
2: I thought Tim Anderson up until the last. Two weeks was in contention with Jose Abreu for MVP. He was doing everything for the team. We saw when he left the team that year how lifeless the team was, and when he came back, instant offense. Like that can happen again. You can have Tim Anderson. I think just the next step in his progression for offense is just become a 20, 25, 30 home run guy. I think he can get there. He has enough power. We see his power to right field. We saw the home run in the corn game, as Tony calls it. That's power.
0: Yeah, through his first first 35 games in 2020, 358, 400, 581. I mean, even if he doesn't have the power numbers, like 25 home runs, if he's getting on base like that ridiculously, has a batting title, leading the league with that slugging too, uh, he he definitely can win an MVP. Uh, And looking at the guys, Anderson has the lowest finish in MVP at seven. Uh, Correa just finished fifth uh, last year, and then Bias had a second uh, MVP finish, but that was back in uh, 2018. So, you know, Anderson, at least again, uh, I think that he is – out of all of those guys, the most on the up or at least, you know, has has the most ceiling or at least yes. high, highest roof. Uh, the ceiling is the roof. It is Michael the roof. Jordan.
2: Yeah, it is. I, I get you. Yeah, like Correa is almost at his peak. Yeah. Like, and he's still, like, it's a high peak, though. Yeah, yeah.
0: His peak's (laughs) peaks MVP. All right. Well, you know, it was a fun discussion. Uh, Tim Anderson possibly could be the best uh, shortstop in the AL Central, but the Twins had to go sign uh, Carlos Correa, that cheater from from Houston.
2: Guys, as the adage goes, though, best availability is a bit, or best uh, ability is a.
0: Best, you know ab- ab- yeah, best ability is available. There we go. Yeah, we got you, you Steven.
1: Carlos Correa since 2017. I'm going to subtract the COVID season. 109 games played. 110 games played. 75 games played, and then last year he played 148.
0: Yeah, but it, like I, I totally understand your point, but like still, WAR is just based off of how many games you played, and Correa has put up better seasons playing less amount of games than Baez and Anderson. Uh, and, and still has been more valuable and uh, to his team, even though he's been less
2: available. And that's why I think that uh, Yasmani Grandal is a better catcher than Salvador Perez because his WAR was higher than him in like half the games. Right? It's like, yeah, enjoy your fifty home runs. That's a you empty. caught one hundred sixty-two yeah. games. Your empty, your empty <laughs> like, ass calorie fifty home runs for the damn Royals. Who cares? Yeah. My man was doing ninety-three, two twenty-three home runs on a team that was competing, and he was better. He was a better catcher. Like if we look, look at F four. Salvi Perez can't even light a candle to my man, Yas.
0: Right. If the White Sox don't have Yasmani Grandal, they don't win as many games as they do. And, like, you know, Grandal was worth more war than, you know, Salvador Perez's 162 game output. That's why the White Sox finished so far ahead above the Royals uh, in the AL Central. Uh, this but they gonna... lost the series to the Royals, didn't they? Yeah, 9 to 10. Son of a bitch. I uh, hate the Royals. The, the, the season series, uh, 9 10. I think to I hate them the, the most. I, I think I, I I think about them the least, but I hate them the most. I think if that makes any sense, because I, I I feel like the Twins, the Tigers, Cleveland have been breathing down our neck. Even just like I actually enjoy the Tigers. It's weird.
2: I, is like, it the it, park? It, yeah, the park and the people were so nice to me that when we went there, I was like, "This is a night." I root for this team when they don't play the White Sox. They're good people. And Miguel Cabrera. I mean, you know, he's had his off the field troubles, but as far as being a hitter, he's one of the best right hand hitters of all time. So. I just have an affinity for that team. I don't hate them as much. The Royals and their fans are dicks. Same thing with the Twins. The Guardians, I don't care. You know, enjoy your uh, stadium mustard.
0: Yeah, we don't think about them because, uh, you know, the low payroll teams. You know what I'm saying, Herb? We, well, they you still know, have we're, that man, though. We got top 10 payroll. They still they that, got that moment. man. We're not thinking about uh, that.
2: He might be the best player in the AL Central. Jose, Jose Ramirez? Yeah. Mercy.
0: Especially, if, and imagine if Toronto trades for him. Yeah. Uh, Yikes. I don't know what's Yeah, the then
1: we have to watch and see if he can play second base. That'd be interesting. Go yeah. ahead.
0: Please do that, <laughs> Guardians. I Immediately. Don't know. Yeah, I mean, we saw Nick Magical play second base. I think that, you know, Jose Ramirez can figure it out. He's wow. played there before, right? I mean,
2: wow, what, what the wow. hate for Nick Magical. I didn't mean to slam can Madrigal.
0: I can't talk about second base prowess as the Chicago White Sox. I mean, the last great one was Juan Uribe? Am I missing somebody? Well, he was a shortstop, so that would have oh, been even sick. more challenging. Good job. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking of Alexei, <laughs> also a shortstop. Yeah, well, uh, no, but I'm, I'm saying I was thinking Alexei was playing shortstop, and Uribe was at second for some reason. I mean, was he was a might Gucci at second for, the, for a little bit. The World but, Series.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's mostly a shortstop of the White Sox.
0: Thank you for watching the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I was hoping Steven was going to chime in and be like, Michael Conforto just signed with the White Sox. That would have been great. Uh, Damn but it, we'll, Steven. Just I was do looking it. the whole time. I was. I <laughs> know <laughs> you were, man. Uh, we appreciate Steven uh, Nicholas's production today on the CHGO White Sox podcast. Got to thank Vinny Duber for his contributions. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. You can follow the man in the middle, Herb Lawrence, at ecknerwall 23 I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Anderson we will talk to you tomorrow about if Carlos Rodon dominated the White Sox in a spring training game uh, happening at 305 today